Welcome to Find the Magic, the podcast that will help you honor yourself, your kids, and your partner. We'll give you tips and strategies to create peace and authenticity within your family. We inhale a ridiculous amount of books and life tools and distill the information for you. I'm Terilyn Griffin. I'm Caitlin Gabriel. And I'm Felicia Allen. Let's find the magic together. Everyone knows that the housing market is insane right now. So whether you're buying or selling a house, it's just absolutely crazy. Um, And speaking as someone who has both bought and sold a house in the last few years, I can definitely say that using a realtor from Utah House Doctors is a lifesaver. Um, so a couple years ago, we bought and sold a house here in Davis County. And um, with our realtor, we were able to definitely save a ton of money um, with both both processes. Um, we were able to price it right and it was something where we needed to sell it quickly because we were moving out of state and it was so helpful to have someone here while we were moving out of state to kind of handle all of that situation. It was so great. And then we just bought a house a year ago and the market has only just skyrocketed uh, since we sold our last house. Um, and we were actually able to get a house in a prime spot in Davis County um, and we got it for less than what it really should have gone for on the market because we had a realtor who knew what he was doing and knew what to look for, and it was just amazing. So um, we seriously, me and my husband recommend Utah House Doctors to anyone who is looking to buy or sell a house right now in this market. It is totally worth um, everything, and it'll definitely end up saving you money and any sort of emotional or mental stress for sure. So definitely check them out if you're in the market. Their website is uthousedoctors.com. That's uthousedoctors.com. Hey everyone, this is Tara Lynn, and my facepalm for today is that I have a clear set of sandals. They're like jelly sandals, and I've had them since high school, and I love them so much. They're as close to bare feet as I can possibly get, and you guys know that I'm a barefoot girl. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I loved them so much in high school, I bought two pairs from Payless. They were like $7. <laughs> and over the years, I broke one pair, and for a couple years, I didn't wear them anymore because... I didn't want them to break. And then I was like, you know what? I'm just going to embrace them. I'm going to love them until they die. And yesterday, they actually broke. And I, like, almost cried, guys. They broke. I was in the grocery store. And I, like, stopped for a second. And I was, like, <sighs> like looking around. Like, does anybody is anybody here to mourn with me that my, my best friend in high school, who's now passed away, she used to call them my jalopies because they're literally all I wore pretty much all year long, winter, summer, whatever. So I'm, like, I'm going to have to have, like, a funeral for my jalopies. I mean, guys, that's like 18 you years them in old. Winter in Utah. I'm wearing them right now. Like <laughs> they're they're with me. My unmatching pair of shoes. I have a black <laughs> sandal and then one of the clear sandals with me. A at broken this jalopy. <laughs> very moment, and I need to like have a funeral for my jalopies. Oh, and yeah, it's sad. winter now, and I just wear them all the time. So and it's not warm pretend winter. It's real yeah. winter. It's cold. Yeah, it's winter. Yeah, it's outside. real winter. So yeah, those are my my oldest love of shoes have finally passed away. Oh, and that's so a long time. High school was a long time ago. So. Yeah. We're going to try and find... The replacement jalopy. Yeah, some replacement jalopy. So if anybody sees any 
good like clear jelly type of flip flops send mm-hmm. them our way because mm-hmm. we're starting a movement find Carolyn <laughs> some more jelly <laughs> hashtag find the jelly um, when she said how much these meant to her I was like oh my gosh well I feel like you can find anything on the internet yeah. I'm like telling Tar- Felicia I'm like we gotta find her some of these this is a big deal um, okay so mine is uh, also a face palm so um, this is kind of my first year with like a mobile little person with me and I just feel like the face palm for me is the start of winter because I feel like it's one thing to like get myself ready to get out the door, but then to get like a moving target ready to get out the door with like Ugh. shoes, coat, yeah. if there's a hat involved. I don't know. It just takes and coats forever. in the car seat. Yeah. Coats in the car seat. You have to they like undo it, tighten it. Oh. Also my car seat, like the straps are twisted. It doesn't matter how many times I untwist them. They <laughs> always get twisted back up. And me and Cameron, it's like the vein of our existence. Like I feel like we're always like, ah, like yeah. they're twisted again. So then I just feel like, anyway, that's probably, it's just like the beginning of the winter. And I feel like it's a face palm that I'm running into. of just like the coat, the coat, getting them ready, the yeah. shoes. Cause up until <sighs> now. I mean, first of all, he didn't walk, so honestly, I didn't put shoes on him until, like, just a couple months ago. And then Man. when with cold, it's like, I have to put the shoes on him. And putting baby, putting kid shoes on is the worst. Yeah. yeah. It's so hard. Yeah. I feel like I'm, like, you need to get, I'll send you these, I'll link these for everyone. I found the best kid shoe ever. And this is probably, it's not like they're Revelation, they're, like, some style of Nikes, but they have the little like grabby tab on the top and on the back so like Sunny has been able so he's two and he's been able to put them on himself since I got him so that's probably like three or four months ago oh yes which is a game changer that's pretty awesome oh my heavens so I'll link that's amazing but it's so true all that stuff with little kids is it's just another level and I'm I realize I'm just starting into this so I'm I'm accepting it I'm okay with it but it is it's like it's a face but it's a lot and then the funny thing is, I remember thinking that with one, and I think the same thing now that I have four. It just Still. it just compounds. Yeah, crazy. Side note: It is safer for you to take your babies out of their coats before you put them in your car seat. Oh, just I so know. You know. Which I, is I read an article really about that, annoying. and it kind of scared me. And it's a makes it super pain. So just add that to your list of. Oh, interesting. <laughs> okay, well this is good. Actually, it just makes it more effort. Well, it's easier. It's easier to clip to... them in. It's just more work because you have to take them out of their coats before you put them in. So and it's, it's kind cold. of like it. They lose all body heat. Yeah, getting there. It's cold. Yeah. Anyway, I just feel like when you said that, I feel like responsible to our listeners to share that. Well, this is responsible to tip. me. I didn't know that. <laughs> this is good to know. Um, also, I was thinking with the I, I, the other shoes that I do like, I love the moccasins that you gave me. And those are very easy to put on. But they're starting to get holes in them. And if it's actually cold outside, like if it's snowed at all, then I, can, I have to put on the other shoes. Right. So this is good. I, I need the actual, these other yeah. shoes too. Because like those them. moccasins are about as easy as it gets. And I do mm-hmm. actually really like putting mm-hmm. those on. But. I would wear those moccasins every day of my life if they made them in my size. <laughs> if they made them yeah, larger. Yeah. Awesome. And <gasps> made so they didn't get holes in them every two seconds for an adult. For yeah. kids, they're great. Yeah, yeah, it's true. All right, that is a face palm. I'm feeling that big time. All right. <laughs> <laughs> My face palm is to two-year-oldness, I'm just going to call it, Sunny, like I just said, my third child, <laughs> cute as he is, cutest thing oh, you've ever seen, adorable. He is, very cute. is to going hard on three, which I think three for me is even, I don't know, when people always used to say the terrible twos, I was like, meh, like they're still kind of babyish and it's fine. He's like starting to get into the three-year-old where mm-hmm. I feel like they have strong opinions and they're very stubborn about it. And it's like the classic, like what people call the terrible twos, I really more picture as like th- 
three-year-olds. Yeah. And he's started this, like, everything, he wants everything his way, but he's also not easily, even, yeah, he's the first kid I have that, like, usually the physical works for me, so, like, oh, I want to do this, it's like, no, I'm just going to carry you over here, and they don't really fight, like, the picking up part, because it's like, well, you're, like, five times bigger than me, so why would I fight this? My first two did not fight any sort of, like, I'll just move you. He does the full-blown, like, double stiff arm <laughs> when I go to pick him up. And it's like, I'm surprised at how long you can hold me off with this move. <laughs> I should, again, I'm five times bigger than you, be able to just, like, boom, avert the stiff arm, pick you up. But <laughs> it's really working. <laughs> and then I'm getting frustrated. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, like, <laughs> what do I need to do? I need a straight jacket. Match. So. That's all. That's a face palm. He's oh. just in that oh. age. Triple really face palm, guys. This <laughs> might be a, this might be a <laughs> first one of those weeks. This yeah. might be a first. I think it is the triple face palm. All right, guys. So we are going to talk about intuition today. And we have been feeling called to talk about um, meaning and intuition and kind of lining up our lives with our true values, I guess, the only way I can say this sounds a little bit corny, but is figuring out your truth. Um, I often start thinking about this in December, January, before I'm like looking to set goals or whatever in the new year. I feel like I set goals multiple times, but I do kind of like the new year as like a like fresh start mm -hmm, time. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I can get caught up in superficial goals or goals that really don't have true meaning to me if I'm not in tune with what I actually want. And so we are going to talk about figuring out what you actually want. And the path to that is to develop some intuition. Um, so I wanted to share this quote from, the book is actually called Miss C.S. Lewis. I think it's called Becoming, mm, becoming. Mrs. C.S. Okay. It's becoming Mrs. Lewis. Becoming Mrs. Lewis. We'll link the, we'll link it. We'll link the book. So, um, in Becoming Mrs. Lewis, there's a quote that the author shares. Who, what is even her first name? Oh, gosh. Uh, no. Anyways, Mrs. Okay. Mm -hmm. Mrs. Yeah, I'll remember. C.S. Lewis's wife <laughs> says, why did all the everydayness not feel like everything and this just hit home to me so strongly when I heard this and this book isn't um like a, a personal development book or anything it's just a story of her life but just that thought of our everyday not feeling like everything I think we can all strongly resonate with at times where every single day feels kind of like a slog but there's some hypothetical like shiny, fun, like, my life's going to be great when moment in the future. Mm -hmm. That there's just something more. Right. There's more. There right. has to be more. Right. That feeling. Exactly. And it, I mean, I've had this epiphany a few times, but it hit me so strong that, again, every single day is our life. Mm -hmm. So if we can use our intuition to tap into what every day looks like for us, that would make us happy our whole life is everything instead of mm -hmm. some hypothetical place we're going to. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I just love that, that thought. Yeah, that there's some super, I mean, some future place of fulfillment. We're talking about tapping into fulfillment today 
because our life is just made up of a bunch of days. Mm -hmm. Today is a day that makes up your life. Mm -hmm. So if you're feeling completely unfulfilled, like there is, there has to be something more than this. Mm -hmm. Let's find that more now. Mm -hmm. Right? So that's what this entire episode is dedicated to is finding that more, whatever that is now through using our intuition. Mm -hmm. And I think the key is that it's inside of us. Mm -hmm. Totally. And it's important because, I mean, it's like, why even care? I mean, I have to work every day and I have to take care of my kids. And, like, why should I even care about that? And, I, I mean, I think there's many reasons besides just being finding more joy in each day. But a big thing for me is if I'm feeling that, if I'm feeling in tune, then whatever's going on in the world, which right now is like, yeah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> But when I'm not feeling strong in my center, like if I'm not feeling intuitive, then all that stuff mm-hmm. that's messy out there, it does it does bother me and get mm-hmm. to me. And I feel it every single day, right. you know, and it like weighs on me. Hmm. Yeah. So you're saying by tapping into your own intuition and your own true self, you're saying that it makes you more resilient to difficult outside circumstances. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. I am... Um, and we're going to talk a lot about, like, finding this. We can find it within ourselves. And um, there's a lot of words that, like, people can use for this. But I, I feel like, um, like, for me, I'm going to use the word God. But, like, for someone else, it might be any sort of higher power. Maybe it's the universe. Maybe mm-hmm. it's whatever it may be. Um, but, yeah, I think that we can find this intuition in ourselves. And, and I think that as we center in, because, as you said, like, the world is always changing. And there's always going to be loud noise all the time mm-hmm. unless we set aside the, t- the space for ourselves to be able to kind of like center in and like for me it's connecting with myself connecting with God and I think that we that's something that we can find like strength and steadiness in mm-hmm. for lack of a better word mm-hmm. um and yeah something that I thought of and I think Terlin you told me this a few years ago um but I love the idea of because like thinking of there's got to be something more to my everyday. I think there's a, we're going to talk about like a few tools and ideas to kind of help us to be able to find, mm-hmm. find that fulfillment <clears throat> within ourselves. Um, and with that higher power. But I think one of them also is asking, okay, well, what would my perfect everyday look like? Mm-hmm. Cause it's still, obviously you're still going to be doing just some of the tasks that you always do, mm-hmm. whether that's cleaning, emptying the, like taking care of kids, those still might be in it. But then think about like, what do I want to see in my everyday? Like, what would my perfect everyday be like? Mm -hmm. And then if there's something that you're not doing that you could do, add it in Mm -hmm. and vice versa. If there's something that it's like, I do this every day, it's not adding to my life or maybe, and maybe it's really not adding value because it's maybe not adding value to my family's life or whoever my sphere of influence is and make those choices to do it. But I think it comes with asking yourself, not only what is what do I want my future, my higher self, what does that look like to me, but also what is my everyday mm-hmm. that I that I want look like to me. Mm-hmm. And I think you can start there, and then and maybe as you do it, you might even realize, well, actually, I really like a lot of the things that I'm doing every day, and just coming to that awareness of like, I don't know, maybe there isn't tons that you would change, but it's also just coming coming from the inside of a place of fulfillment rather Choice. than this is just something that I have to do. Yeah. That exercise you just mentioned is one that I think is worth, I mean, we've talked about it a few times, but the, to me, the liberating part of that exercise is you're, you're, then you just deliberately choose what you are doing in the day, right? 
So say you hate changing diapers. But once you realize, I'm choosing this, mm-hmm. and I am going to deliberately choose it, all of a sudden diapers become meaningful. Mm-hmm. It actually adds meaning. Mm-hmm. So, um, and we've talked in detail about that in past episodes. But um, I think that is a really liberating exercise to do and taking a minute to find what we actually want. So writing out, I mean, this is an exercise people do all the time, but writing out what what is your perfect day? What does it even look like? Mm-hmm. One of my favorite mentors ha- who has helped me had me once, he was like, tell me if you could choose, like, what would your day consist of? And when I wrote it out, it was so clear mm-hmm the things that I could be doing to fit those, right? Mm-hmm. Right. And it was so cool. It, it's a really cool exercise to do. Just what does your day, if you had a fulfilling day, what would it look like? Would yeah. it include? Totally. Is writing part of it? Because if so, are you writing right now? <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. if teaching yeah. is part of it, are you doing things to put inside of your brain so that you can teach? You know, like there's all sorts of things that change the way you act today, knowing what you want in the future. So just being mm-hmm. clear about what you want. I think is so, so, so important. And I feel like kind of a prequel to all these tools we're gonna about to give you guys. We're gonna give you so many tips today on how to tap into your intuition um, and kind of like that vision for your life. But it kind of goes without saying, but most of the stuff that we're talking about is stuff that we do in the morning. Yeah. Our fulfilling time <clears throat> is the morning. And you guys have heard us, we'll, we'll link our episodes to it. I mean, like morning time is the time for me where I do connect with God and look at that, spend that time like cultivating fulfillment and meaning and tapping into intuition. So a lot of these things, if you're like, oh my gosh, where am I even going to do this exercise? Your morning routine would be a great Mm -hmm. time. So just listen to the tools that we give you and then choose one that resonates with you if you want Mm -hmm. and try it out because I think it's all these things can be super clarifying and liberating for us. Mm -hmm. So going back to what we want, I think there's a feeling when we know what we want There are two ways to want something. The first way is I want something that I don't have. And when I feel that want, all I feel is lack, right? So we use our imaginations and we're like, oh my gosh, if I had this job, if I had this relationship, if I had this amount of money, if I had these kids who actually behaved, you know, whatever, Mm -hmm. we imagine it and we are left with the feeling of lack. And guess what guys? First of all, it feels terrible. Second of all, it doesn't help us get what we want. Mm -hmm. Okay. So... Another way of reframing this, and it's literally just using what we want. For me, it's the feeling between a push and a pull. So when I think of what I just described there, it's like a, I feel like I'm pushing myself. Like I want to change stuff about my life, but uh, mm-hmm. now I just feel sad about it. And you're doing it to fill yourself from outside, or it, sometimes it's like a self-sabotaging because you don't actually want to do those things. Yes. Mm-hmm. So then you're just like, yes. Yeah. And you're feeling empty mm-hmm. and you're like, how in the world can I fill this? And it's not very helpful. However, if you can use your same imaginative process, so you think of the things that you want, then what you do is you tap into the feeling. So I actually think of the feeling. So this would make me feel satisfied, content, whatever. Guys, guess what? In your imagination, you can actually feel the feeling just by imagining the thing. You can feel the feeling. Like it's literally you're creating the feeling inside of you. I picture it like fluffing up. Like I'm like fluffing up the feeling. (laughs) Then what happens, instead of feeling from a place of lack, and I use the term, and so many mentors and teachers who teach this concept use this term, I like say a little prayer, like this or something better. Mm -hmm. So whatever I have in my mind, this imaginary thing that I am desiring, this or something better, I've thought of the feeling that it brings to me and I've named the feeling. This makes me feel satisfied. This makes me feel content. I feel the feeling of contentment. And then I just let it pull me. I actually picture it like pulling me towards it. And guess what guys, the cool thing about this exercise 
is then you get inspiration about what action to take to make that thing happen. Mm -hmm. So you're coming at it from a place of total abundance instead of lack, Mm -hmm. but it starts with the same exercise. The exercise is what do you want? So I feel like you can go through your whole life never actually deciding what you want and just taking what comes at you. Mm -hmm. And, but if you just decide it and then either choose, I'm either gonna be sad about this and come from a place of lack because I don't have it, or I'm gonna cultivate that feeling, feel the feeling of abundance inside of me and then let me let life pull me towards it. Guess what? It is so cool. Mm-hmm. Our intuition, God, whatever it is, can pull us towards it. And that feeling of being pulled towards something is so much. It feels to me from a place of fulfillment so much easier than trying to push myself right. towards something from a place of emptiness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you're still you're still might have to put in energy and action to be oh, able yeah. to do it. But you action have that forward pull that's helping you yeah. with it, which I like. Action is required to really get anything we want. Yeah. I love um I love the word intention because I feel like I feel like it's just it says it all. And I think that that's it. It's just putting intention into deciding that this is important like this is what I want. Mm-hmm. And I love I think um I think gratitude is such a beautiful practice and it's like shown from science, like studies that show that when we, when we um, are able to come from a place of gratitude, so expressing gratitude, writing things, like whether that's writing things down, whether it's saying them, I think it brings that power. So what you said of like, what, this is what I want, then I'm going to imagine how I feel about it. That brings abundance, but I think also then bringing gratitude into it and maybe looking at what do I already have that maybe is fulfilling this a little like looking for ways that you're already maybe seeing some of those things come together in your life and I think coming from a place of gratitude might also help you see like in what ways divinity has helped you to get where you are and what ways and then I think it gives you kind of power to keep going forward too yeah yeah and if you it it looks to me like picturing that you have the power to create your life because I think sometimes um we end up, you know, like 10 years down the road and look back and think, and we don't give ourselves any credit for where we've come. And if you can um, reignite in yourself that you have the power to create your life, which again, sometimes sounds so corny when you say stuff like that, mm-hmm. but it is true. And that this or something better, um, I feel like helps me see that power in myself because sometimes when we have this picture of the perfect thing, and I feel this so strongly with, um, we're going through a process with basically deciding where we're going to live for the last like four years. (laughs) And you know, you do these like visualizations, you have this plan, you're like doing all this action. And if you had this one stagnant thing that you're working Mm -hmm. towards, you would feel like a complete failure. You would feel like it's all just chance or you failed. But the this or something better, it makes so much sense in my mind that as much as we put in, you know, all the forces combined to, if I can think of it as it's combining to my good, it's the best thing that's going to happen. It makes me feel powerful and also helps me realize that, um, all the energy, whether you feel like that's God or you feel like it's other people or there's whatever you feel, like we know that we're all connected and I'm going to end in a place that was for my good, but it wasn't just by chance. Mm-hmm. I, I like that feeling better than just mm-hmm. like, whoop, mm-hmm. something's going to happen, mm-hmm. you know? The interesting thing is you're saying that whether it's by chance or not, when we choose to believe it's not, it adds meaning. Right. Mm-hmm. And 
it, it adds power to mm-hmm. our lives, right? Mm-hmm. And I think the cool thing about living in a way that you believe that there is more than just chance, I think the cool thing is you actually find evidence in your life. Like I can look back at my life mm-hmm. and there's been dozens and dozens of times where I feel like God has directed me to something that I couldn't have guessed myself. Mm-hmm. And, and it just adds meaning to your life. Really? And as you were talking... Felicia, I feel this is a really important concept to any time we're talking about tapping into what is best for us is you're talking about detaching from the outcome, which sounds like a weird concept because we just spent a few minutes talking about what we want. But when you say the phrase this or something better, what you're doing is you're allowing, you're not telling yourself that only if I get this one specific house, then I will be happy, right? Mm -hmm. You're tapping into I can feel the joy now. And I'm, I'm looking towards this house. But when you say the phrase, this or something better, you're totally allowing life to unfold in a beautiful way. And you might end up in a totally different house mm-hmm. you like way better. Mm-hmm. But in our, um, I'll link the episode to this, but it's just called Our Daily Meditation. And it's the meditation that I do every day. And in it, um, there's actually a section that goes along with what Kaylin said and Felicia said about gratitude and detaching from the outcome where you think of something that you want. So let's go with that. Felicia's talking about her house. You think about the house that you're wanting. You start with gratitude for your current place of living. So if you're living in your car, you start with gratitude for your car Mm -hmm. or the place you're renting or wherever. Then, so you're like cultivating that gratitude for what you already have. Then you move into feeling the feeling of getting the house that you want, the house of your dreams. So then you tap into that feeling. But then I actually picture it literally in my mind. And then I just picture me cutting the string of the outcome and like letting it go. Like, Mm -hmm. that's what I want. That's the feeling that I want. But this or something better, I'm totally Mm -hmm. good with. I'm willing to like see what unfolds. Because sometimes I feel like we get so latched on to like, no, it has to be this specific thing. We're not allowing ourselves to actually be open to life unfolding in an even more beautiful way. Mm -hmm. So if you want to practice, if you actually want to turn that part into your daily practice, you can try listening to our daily meditation. And it's actually fun to see the listens. Like I can tell many of you are doing it as your daily practice, which mm-hmm. I think is really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we will we'll relink that in these show notes. You can find it really easy. And that and that really is when I think about a path towards becoming more intuitive, letting go, I think is the first the first step of that. Let go of outcome because if you're hanging on to all of those things that have to happen in order for you to be happy, it's really hard to be in touch with what you truly want. So I would say first step, let go, accept where you are, lean into the present moment. Um, And then for me, a giant journal brain dump really helps. Everything I'm hoping for, Mm -hmm. every, all the goals I have, questions I have for the future, just like Mm -hmm. word vomit, all of that out. Um, And then think about it. Do Mm -hmm. I really, are these goals really my goals? Mm-hmm. Why are these my goals? And I, that's harder than it sounds, the after, like, thinking part. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. It's yep. really easy for me to be like, yeah, I want to run this fast or whatever, like, my goals are. Or, I don't even know. It's not really run that fast. I want to run a six-minute mile. <laughs> Is that really your goals? <laughs> no, I don't have any running goals. <laughs> just, just came just felt in. Right yeah, felt good. <laughs> but there's probably a lot of <laughs> listeners who have running goals. Yes. Right. So. Yes. Congratulations. Which is amazing. (laughs) Send us running vibes. Yeah. And once I can sit in that silence and think about it, then I can really feel, and I like to ask myself this question, 
what would be for my highest good of my goals of my mm. future plans where is my highest good in all of this because i think we can look at our whole life and there's a lot of good things we can do but we can't mm-hmm. fit it all in mm-hmm. well i yeah. can't <laughs> right None of us can. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So I just like to think, what of these goals will take me to my future self that is my highest self? And that really clarifies it for me. I love that. Because I feel like I always try to think about, like, the good, better, best. Because you're right. There's plenty of good things. And there's even plenty of better things. But then when you actually take the time to, again, be intentional about it. So Mm -hmm. you've written everything down that you wanted. But then I love that. Like, then actually thinking, like, what is for the highest? I think that's so beautiful. And I think... The cool thing with journaling, and I think the cool thing is, is that we can do this at any stage of our lives. Like, I feel like I've done some of these when I was single. I've done some of these when I was full-time working and that was always doing. And then I feel like it's so important that as our lives change, because our we are changing. And so I think it's cool to continue to do this mm-hmm. exercise, these exercises, mm-hmm. because it does, I think it kind of like recenters us. And if we're able to kind of tune in with ourselves and tune in with God, we can yeah, like kind of recognize where we actually want to be and maybe course correct for us to get the best things mm-hmm. that we want. Mm-hmm. I loved, um, Felicia sent this podcast with an interview that I just really loved. It was with Matthew McConaughey, but he talked about, and I thought that was so cool about journaling, how how it's so important for us to be able to journal. And I think sometimes, sometimes we journal when things are, he, he kind of talks about, journaling he was really good at journaling when things were going wrong in his life because mm-hmm. it was like it was a really good way to get things out and like kind of write things down but then he realized he wasn't as good when things were good in his life and I definitely have I can relate to that like I feel mm-hmm. like I can be really good and part of it is because I think it helps me get out my thoughts so like mm-hmm. I do I've, I notice yeah. that I'm like mm-hmm. very on top of it when maybe I'm struggling mm-hmm. but I love the thought that then he realized that it was like there's also so much to learn because we learn a lot when we're going through adversity and mm-hmm. trials or whatever they may be Um, but we can also learn just as much, if not more when things are going right. And so I think also journaling, cause we're kind of talking about if you feel like there's something more that there's something more to your life, this is a really great exercise. But also if you feel like things are going great and you're really liking what's going on, I still think that there is a lot of really great things that we can do by what are my goals now? What are some things that I really love? And maybe we can look back at what are the patterns that I'm doing now that are is helping my life go right and be able to see that. There's a really cool thing about like finding bright spots because sometimes when we see a problem, we just look at the problem and try and find the solution. But instead, it's kind of like flipping it and looking at what's going good and what's kind of the solutions in my life that is helping my God. life be really great. Mm-hmm. And then and then replicating those. So mm-hmm. then when maybe things start to go not so good again, it's like, okay, what was some things that I was doing? I was getting enough sleep. I was laughing more. Maybe I wasn't taking myself so seriously. I feel like that's actually like a big one for me. I think sometimes I take myself really seriously. And so it's like, if I'm realizing, you know what, I just need to step step back and maybe Mm -hmm. just like laugh a little more. Mm -hmm. So I think that those, I think it's cool to think that we can do this both in times that are going really good for us and maybe in times where we feel like we need, we need a little bit of like oomph, you know? Mm -hmm. That inspires me to do more journaling, frankly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Something, my favorite tip when tapping into your intuition for journaling is, and this is actually, I've read it in several books, but also Felicia's husband, my brother, Parker, is so good at this. Mm -hmm. I love, like I'll actually ask, so I say a little prayer, I ask God questions, and then I sit silent for the answers. And if I don't have any thoughts that come to my mind to write down, and I just write, I don't worry about like, hold on, is this my thought? Is this God? I just start writing. It's just like a free write. Mm -hmm. I ask the question and then I just like take a deep breath 
and wait for thoughts to come to my mind and I write them down. And there's sometimes where I'm like, hmm, I think that was my thoughts. And there's sometimes where I'm like, this is more than me. Mm-hmm. This is way bigger than me. Mm-hmm. And I mean, there's been literally just two weeks ago, I was in my car <laughs> trying to find some answers to some things. I'm just bawling my eyes out in the car mm-hmm. by myself. It was amazing to feel <laughs> that feeling of something higher than us mm-hmm. guiding us, right? And for me, that's my relationship with God. And something that I love about that practice, though, is there are some times where I don't feel an answer come, but I leave the blank space in my journal. So in my journal, I I have a section that's just conversations with God. And if I don't feel an answer, I just leave it blank. But I love the imagery of that, like the symbolism of I'm leaving space to receive Mm -hmm. the answer to this. Mm -hmm. Like it's there. Mm-hmm. waiting. I'm not going to like keep writing questions right underneath it. There's like a 10 line space mm-hmm. for whenever that answer comes. And it's really cool to look back because there's been some questions that I've had for years, guys. And it isn't until years later that I have the answer to that question pop in. Mm-hmm. I can go back and look and be like, oh my gosh, that's that question I've been mm-hmm. thinking of for so long. I, I just, I actually just had that this weekend. There's a question about that I've been like deliberating in my mind about how much mm-hmm. God's love can save people versus how much our love can save people. Do we actually have any capacity to save? And I've literally been wrestling with this question for years and something happened on Sunday that was totally the answer to that question for me in my life right now. And it's so cool when you leave that space, there's just something beautiful about being open and leaving the space to like receive answers that I think is just beautiful. Yeah, I think that space to ponder like both for whether it's for a few minutes, a few hours, a few weeks, like whatever it may be, I think that that is, I think that that really is powerful to leave that space. And I think that right now we live in a world that's so full of noise um, that we have to intentionally make the space. Totally. Um, Because otherwise it it just won't happen. There's so much noise and so much distraction everywhere that unless we take that time to, and put ourselves in the position to connect with God and connect with our intuition, um, it just won't happen. It won't. Yeah. And not a plug, but a plug in our journal. We have a spiritual inquiry, talking to God questions, oh, uh-huh. pondering section, which coming soon. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. I feel like <clears throat> when you were talking about the bright spots in, in journaling, I picture myself when I'm in a, a good time in my life and I go to journal and I'm like, oh, nothing's happening. Mm-hmm. That's how I feel. Right. I'm like, what? Yeah. I have nothing to write. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, slap on the hand, Felicia, mm-hmm. because <laughs> I should not. I mean, it's like inspiring me really. to. It's making me realize that we aren't giving enough credit to being content and well. Like yeah. that feeling of just like our lives are just like, why are we not writing in our journal Maybe even more when things are great. Right? Like our health, our kids are happy. Our, like, why are we not giving enough credit to that, like, contentment? It's because we're looking for the big, bright, shiny, like, ta-da. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to do that anymore. Slap on the hand. Mm-hmm. And negative emotions are so loud. <laughs> yeah, When we're true. feeling negative emotions, yeah. we hate it. So we're trying to get ourselves it's out true. of it. So we become it's desperate. True. Like, what can I do to process this? Right. Mm-hmm. But there is also value, which there's value to that. Right. Yeah. Value in both. Yeah. But I think it's good to recognize totally. that we we can totally take just as much, if not more, yeah, like guidance from both exactly. the, the bright spots and maybe sometimes the dark spots in our lives. All right. So after you brain dump and ponder, you're on your way 
to knowing what you really want. And, you know, this is a place where you can set goals if that is your style, but really it's creating that clear picture of what your life looks like and feels like. And some a tool that in setting goals and like um, trying to realize what I want that I feel like over the past two years I wrestled with and have come to its truth is to look at things that I'm jealous of, envying, or feeling resentment Mm -hmm. towards. Mm -hmm. Which sounds like, when you say that, it's like, no, I don't want to, like, dive into that. I don't want to dwell on this. Because they're so unpleasant. Oh. Jealousy. It's probably the worst. I think jealousy is my least favorite. Like, I'd rather be mad because I can just be like, wow, and, like, punch or something. (laughs) (laughs) Punch a pillow. But jealousy is like, dang it, I have to do something now. Because I'm feeling like I'm jealous towards that, so I need to, like, do that thing. Totally. But in the last year or two I really I think that is a truth in a book that I am reading right now called the artist is the way there's a quote that says jealousy is the emotion that points the way it's a map that tells you the territory you covet Ooh, I love that. I love that. I know. Gretchen Rubin was the first one who, in the Happiness Project, to like bring up that concept for me of jealousy. I always just avoided it, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I loved what she said about it. That yeah, just pay attention to what it's pointing you to. It's right. something that you want. Right. So are you going to choose to go after that thing or not? Right. But wow, that quote. Is that good? That's going to take the cake. I know. I know. Oh and it's. Can so you true. say it one more time so everybody can hear it? All the <laughs> listeners out there hear that again. Yeah, jealousy is the emotion that points the way. The map that tells you the territory you covet. And, man, if I can look at my my resentments, my envy, my jealousy, it really does. It might not be the exact replication of what I want, but there's something in what someone else is doing. You know, if I see, you know, I would see before we started the podcast, I see people making podcasts and I was like, yeah, (laughs) totally. Like I'm bothered, you know, it's Uh because I need to do it Uh (laughs) or write a book. I feel that about people who are writing, but now I've turned it into, I like when I realize what I'm jealous about. I enjoy it because I'm like, oh. Because you can use jealousy in the, I'm just mad I'm not them. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to just send negative emotions. Send them bad vibes. Towards them. I mean, I remember feeling yeah. that in like junior high. Oh, totally. I hated that feeling. Yeah, oh, it's the worst. But I, so what we're saying, we're not saying like dwell <clears throat> in the comparison of, oh my gosh, these people have it so much better than me and I hate them for it. <laughs> because that's that's not going to serve you. <laughs> we're saying. Not healthy. <laughs> we're saying look for the breadcrumbs in there. What is it about that thing that you're envying? What is it that you're jealous of? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And a lot of times when you look at it, for, for me at least, there's a lot of times where I look at it and I'm like, I'm actually just jealous of what I perceive their life to be. And I actually know nothing about right. their individual circumstance. It's just that, what it that looks feeling. like. Mm-hmm. And so what can I take from that? I can take from that that I do want a connected relationship or I do want to write a book or I want whatever. And you can almost differentiate between the envy of the actual person because mm-hmm. we realize we don't know really much about people's lives. But we can just take from it what we want and use it as something to pull us forward. So it actually takes it from a negative. It's using, what was that phrase from the Tom Len practice? Using poison as medicine. Mm-hmm. Like you're taking it, it's unpleasant, and you're taking the good stuff out of it and mm-hmm. using it to repel you towards what you want, mm-hmm. not just dwelling in like coveting your neighbor's car, right. you know? Right. <laughs> and I'm sure, I haven't actually done this, but I really, I like love this idea because nobody likes feeling jealous. And sometimes it's like, well, I don't really want to feel this way, but like, how do I, I love this because I can, I feel like it gives you an action of like, okay, I feel this way. I don't just have to push it away and feel like I shouldn't feel that way. 
I can say, I can use it to fuel me to like maybe make some changes in my Mm -hmm. own life. And then I'm sure you guys can tell me, does it help you then maybe let go of that? Like then you're able to process it and be done with it. Yeah. So I feel less jealous. Like the jealousy actually goes through me because we all know that emotion when you try to just squash it, it doesn't go away. That which we resist persists. But if you simply feel it, look for the gift that it's giving you which is breadcrumbs to what you truly want. And then it does, it goes through you. And the other cool thing about this guys is again, it comes down to choice. So for example, when I see people performing in like Cirque du Soleil, I feel jealous. <laughs> you guys know that I've gone way into circus stuff last year, and I kind of there's a part of me that wishes I had joined the circus when I was 18. It's like so weird. When I tell I know when I tell my husband this, he's like, "You really would have traded your master's degree to be in the circus?" And I'm like, "No." Yes. Well, that's the thing is when I really think about it, no, I wouldn't trade. I wouldn't trade the life I have now. But there's a part of me, I feel that. So by recognizing it and saying like, yeah, that looks like something that I would love, but I am actually deliberately not choosing that. And I actually wouldn't trade it for the life I have now. Mm -hmm. I actually just talked to this lady the other day. She started doing silks when she was 45. And she's like, yeah, some part of me wishes I started when I was 20, but I wouldn't have been able to have my kids Mm -hmm. and do all that kind of stuff. And I was like, yes, oh my gosh, you're my soul sister here. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes when we pay attention to our jealousy, it actually liberates us to not choose that thing. We see it, or maybe we see somebody's career that we're like, oh my gosh, I'm totally jealous of that. But would I actually choose it? Maybe not, because I'm actually happy with what I have with my relationships that I would have had to trade for that. Right. Or whatever it is. And that isn't saying that disparagingly because it's not saying that whatever pursuit you feel like is worthy, you go after mm-hmm. it. But sometimes that is liberating just to realize, yeah, that is a beautiful thing. And there's part of me that's jealous of that. Mm-hmm. But I'm actually, I wouldn't choose it if I could. And it actually mm-hmm. just makes me content with what I have instead. Does that yeah. make sense? Mm-hmm. Totally. So it can do both. It can propel you towards going after things you want. Or you can realize, you can almost liberate yourself mm-hmm. from the jealousy by realizing, but I actually mm-hmm. wouldn't even choose it if mm-hmm. I could. So mm-hmm. it's liberating. And then you really don't feel the jealousy anymore. So yeah, totally. Both, it can do both, but just tamping it down doesn't help. <laughs> yeah. And also I think it feels like once I use this, t- since I've been using this tool, I have felt more in tune with what I want and also more wise in that I feel way less comparison because Mm. when I do feel jealousy I look at it and say you know is it worthy of that like is there something that I want Mm. from it or not and I can discard it but I I feel like I'm understanding myself more which makes me feel wise and able to tap into maybe it's just a feeling maybe the neighbor's new car is like oh I want that feeling where like I get in my car and I'm like, yeah, I like driving this. I need to go clean my car and get a nice air freshener. And like, mm-hmm. do you know what I mean? Like sometimes it's just like a really simple feeling. It's a small breadcrumb. Sometimes it is a big thing. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to work towards being in Cirque du Soleil. Mm-hmm. Is that what it's called? Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> Which I'm not because I'm not choosing it. Right. It's liberating. Yeah. yeah. But that could be your, I just love that it's like such a clear, like I see jealousy more as a gift now. It's like, oh, mm-hmm. I, yeah. It's mind-blowing. I just started this maybe two years ago, and it's changed a lot. This is really cool. I'm excited to, like, put this into practice. Because I think a lot of times, I, I, whenever I have, like, a negative feeling like that, I'm like, oh, well, I just shouldn't feel this. But mm-hmm. as, you, as we've just said, if you are just, like, trying to resist it, it's like, 
just by telling myself I shouldn't feel it doesn't make so that I don't feel it. If anything, I'm just like, oh, I shouldn't feel it, but then I feel it more, and I feel, like, regretful that I feel <clears> it. So this is a great way to go forward. I have a question, and I'm wondering what you guys think about this. Because mm -hmm. um, I feel like there's a lot of this that it's like, there's so much that's in our control, and I think that is really empowering, that it's like, okay, these are things that I want. What can I do? What's in my power? Because that's what it comes down to is, like, we not we can't control, you know, other people's actions always, but, like, we can control ourselves and what we choose to do. So my question is, because these are some maybe things that like, okay, I want this, I'm going to work towards it. But what about some things that like don't feel as much in our control? Say, for instance, like you're trying to have a kid and you're not able to. Mm -hmm. Like that's something that it's mm -hmm. like you want it so bad. Mm -hmm. Maybe you're envious, like mm -hmm. all those feelings, yeah. but you can't get it. Or like I think mm -hmm. about you you want to be married, but you're not. Like, you're single. And and maybe what are some things... So, I, I'm wondering what mm. you guys think about, like, in situations like that, mm. um, where some of it isn't necessarily in our control, like, with that. But how do we maybe apply yeah. some of those things? Well, that's such a good question. Before, before you said that, I was actually thinking... Because one of the Ten Commandments is obviously not to covet. And I was thinking how when we're looking at specific things, so, like, say you're looking at you know, your neighbor's car specifically, or your neighbor's spouse, coveting that thing isn't going to be helpful because you're not actually going to steal their car. You probably don't want to steal their spouse or whatever it is. That's not going to serve you. But if you look at the things, what is it, like Felicia said, what is it about the car? What is it about what you perceive their relationship to be? Maybe it is that you're jealous that they do things like they, they have hobbies or, together, they yeah. do date nights or whatever. What is in your control? Can you do date nights? But then so it's really just taking the pieces. It isn't like allowing yourself to just like indulge in the coveting of the specific thing. It's right. for looking for the to point you the <laughs> patterns. What is it that you're looking for, and can you go after them? But that's a really important follow-up question. What if the thing you're desiring isn't something that you can actually have? So maybe your spouse won't go on dates with you, or maybe yeah, having a kid or wanting to be married but not having anybody who you found that you want to marry. Mm -hmm. Those are all really important desires that people have that does leave a space. Of, and I've talked to some friends, like my friends who have gone through really serious infertility struggles. I mean, they'll be like, when I hear somebody gets pregnant, it's just painful. It's mm -hmm. so painful. Mm -hmm. So if we apply this, first of all, can I say, I don't know the answer. Mm -hmm. I think perhaps what we do with every difficult emotion we ever talk about on this podcast, which is recognizing it. I feel jealous that Lucy is pregnant and I am not. I feel that. And it's pointing me towards that I want a child. I want mm -hmm. that so bad, mm -hmm. right? And I'm already doing every action I can to get it. Mm -hmm. So then perhaps that's where the letting, that's where the imagining that string <laughs> detaching of I recognize it I feel it I'm going to lean into that emotion and it's going to feel terrible when we lean into negative emotions it feels like we're drowning at first mm -hmm. you guys have heard me talk about this if you just lean into it for like 90 seconds you feel like you're like drowning mm -hmm. but then it goes through you and perhaps in some situations you may get ideas on ways to fill some portion of that need mm -hmm. right you may have ideas of so what is it that about having a child that I think will fulfill me? Tap into that. Maybe it's the desire to teach things or to love somebody unconditionally or whatever it is. And there are other ways in life that we can get aspects of that. Yeah. But as I'm saying that, I understand that that experience itself is, I mean, I'm not unique. saying that it's mm -hmm. so unique. 
<clears throat> so perhaps you might have ideas come into your mind of ways to fulfill portions of that. But then you're probably still left with a feeling of grief and loss. And I would say, do the same thing that we do that same exercise. You lean into it. I'm grieving that I thought that I would be at a different place than I am right now. I thought I would be married with three kids and mm -hmm. I'm single mm -hmm. and I feel like life is passing me by and I'm, I'm grieving that. So I'm going to lean into that grief, recognize that when I see others having that, I feel jealousy and I'm just going to lean into those emotions and ask myself over and over, what am I feeling leaning into it? And then what is, is there any way to take pieces of those breadcrumbs and find a way to fulfill it in my life now, knowing that it's not going to be exactly the thing you're hoping for. Yeah. But that's the only, honestly, that's just taking the exercises that we always talk about with negative emotions. But as I'm saying it, I realize that that's not an easy answer. Yeah. I don't know if there is an easy answer. Well, I think that was, I, I think you're right. Like, I think those are the things that are in our power. And I think... Um, and it still can point us towards, we can still be working towards our highest self, even mm -hmm. when things that are out of our control don't go our way. Because I think we all have, I think we all can relate to something that we want and maybe we want desperately, but, mm -hmm. but it, there's just some parts that just aren't in our control, but we can still use some of these tools to be able to help us reach our highest selves, mm. you know? I just realized something. I was thinking of Oprah because <laughs> Oprah chose not to have a family because she felt like in, in one of her interviews, I heard her say, I didn't feel like I could do what I wanted to do with what she felt like was her calling in the world and do kids like she couldn't do mm -hmm. to her. It was a choice. Right. And then I thought of, oh, my gosh, one of my favorite people in real life, like who I know personally, she wasn't married and hadn't had any kids. And she was like almost 40. And she would have moments of like grief of like, yeah, my life isn't looking like I wanted it to look. But then I remember her saying, oh my gosh, she was one of my favorite teachers. She said, I realized looking back that I wouldn't have done the things that I was doing had I had what I had always been dreaming of. Mm -hmm. So she actually used it as fuel. Like until I'm still going to seek as much as I can, I'm still going to like actively pursue dating and I still want that. Like, I'm not letting go of that desire, but I'm going to use this as fuel to propel me to, in every other way, fulfill myself. Mm -hmm. So she, like, I mean, got good at all these different things and furthered her education and did all these kinds of stuff. So she actually used it as fuel. And the cool thing is I actually just ran into her a few months ago and I hadn't seen her for like a decade. And she's now married and she has, I think she had one kid, like she gave birth to one child, but she inherited from her husband like four kids or something. Aww. And um, what did she call them? She didn't call them stepkids, like bonus kids or something. <laughs> oh, I like that. And <laughs> anyway, but I think it's cool because it really... Um, it's just, it's just a lens, ref it's just reframing, right? Mm -hmm. Like she took that pain as fuel and used all that extra whatever bandwidth that she had mm -hmm. in fulfilling herself. And then from a place of fulfillment actually ended up getting her desire, mm -hmm. right? So that's just well, an yeah. example, but it's mm -hmm. kind of a, kind of going back to what we're talking about. Literally, is there a way to find fulfillment in where you are at regardless of your outward circumstance? Because then... First of all, you're living a life that you're actually fulfilled in, which is right. just pleasant. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But second of all, I actually think that does fuel us towards our deepest desires the most mm -hmm. than living from that place of lack and lack and lack. Yeah. yeah. It's the detaching that brings us the contentment. And I feel like I've heard the story so many times from friends 
who did have trouble with infertility where they detached from outcome and that stress that had built up, you know, released and, and then they did get pregnant. I think there is a lot of um, merit to that detaching from outcome. I think when we hold on to stuff too tightly, it does create anxiety, stress. I mean, obviously our mental is connected to our physical. Mm -hmm. And so that totally makes sense to me. Okay, so once we have our goals set, we talked a lot about visualization, but I think picturing how you would like your life to be and affirming that daily, whether you have an affirmations practice or you do that in your journaling, um, visualization within meditation. We've talked often about those things and um, I think they really help to cement those goals into us. And then um, this is like a very quick tip, but giving out what we feel like is for our highest good, really, you know, if we're tapped into our intuition, giving it um, positive energy. And that also, again, this episode's getting pretty woo-woo for me. (laughs) But (laughs) I'm feeling that so strongly that I think a lot of times we set goals, like we write them down and it's like this whole idea, but then every single day we're not just sending positive energy towards who we want to be, towards our higher good. And we're, we're dwelling on things that are making us mad or we're comparing or we're spending way too much time on our phone or we, you know, we're just like going through the motions. But I think affirming visualize wow visualizing (laughs) and sending positive energy towards what we want um will help us get those outcomes that we're hoping for and then we or something better and then we will have trust in our process and our ability to create the life we want which once you start feeling that trust Mm. i feel like Oh, it's such a good feeling. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I trust myself. That's your intuition. Mm-hmm. Like, I trust myself to make these big decisions because I've gone through this process. Yeah, I just want to add to the visualization thing. I think there is so much power in visualization because we've talked about all these other tools that are amazing. And I think visualization is such a good tool to use because I think not only can we use it as visualizing our higher self, which might be a self in the future. Maybe it's five years. Maybe it's mm-hmm. at the end of your life. Mm-hmm. And it can be all of those things. You can kind of visualize all of those steps, maybe where you want to be. And I think we can visualize what we look like and what we want to feel and all of those things. But I also think then visualize, like think about at the beginning of your day, like visualizing, okay, well, this is the type of person that I am. Mm-hmm. And then visualizing you doing those steps during the day to reach those. So, you know, Maybe you visualize being patient in a situation. You know, like maybe mm-hmm. you visualize these certain things that you might encounter throughout your day and you visualize how your best self would respond to it. And I, there is so many, I feel like across the spectrum of, you know, biblical texts from research to every, like, I, I feel like I've read so many amazing stories of the power that visualization has that like when we visualize, when we actually like see with our eye of, I'm going to call it the eye of faith, mm-hmm. um, we can like it it's amazing like i feel like it brings so much power into helping us achieve those things um there's this really cool story that like always sticks with me from 
it's the book called Left to Tell, and it's about mm. a woman who is a survivor of the Rwandan genocide. It's a really amazing book. It's so good. Um, I would totally recommend it to anybody. She's, like, really inspiring. Um, and, and anyway, she was able to, she survived this horrific thing, and she was stuck in a bathroom for, I mean, I think it was close to ni- over 90 days, mm-hmm. um, like the small bathroom with like 12 other women. And she like used that time to better, like she ended up learning English because she had these books. Anyway, it's really incredible what she did, but she also, what she, I loved her story of visualization because she literally visualized like who she would marry, like even what he would look like, um, where she was going to be. She wanted to work like after the war she wanted to work for the UN I think she like literally pictured what her job would be and then it's like incredible because as you read the book like that job was created for her mm-hmm. she was able to find like the man like literally like the man she had visualized and I think she she had this great relationship with God and her intuition and mm-hmm. she was able to visualize these things and I think the cool thing is that we all have that tool mm-hmm. we all have it in us it's just literally choosing to to utilize it and so I think like taking that again being intentional taking that time to like visualize these things invite god or your higher source into it and like you i really feel like there's so much power into it and we can create the life that we want to be and that we want to exist in Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and there's a beautiful surrender there when we surrender to god that we're gonna allow that our life to unfold how god sees it it's every time i've ever attempted that there's not been a single time where God hasn't created something more beautiful than I could have actually imagined. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. And there's, I used to hate that word, but mm-hmm. I actually love it now that there is this kind of beautiful surrender that happens when we realize that there is something greater than us that can guide us. And that book I love so much because she actually spends, speaking of, st- I mean, solitude in our morning time, she literally spent weeks in total silence, just tapping into herself and talking with God and trying to figure out what was like the highest calling for her life. Mm-hmm. And, and she received answers. It was really, it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think a big key to this before we wrap up that um, we wanted to share also is that if you're in a place of not really feeling true love for yourself and seeing yourself, trusting yourself, seeing yourself as um, a friend, um, Louise Hay, which book does she talk about mirror work, work in? I don't know, but we can link. My favorite we'll link. book is, um, you can heal, heal your life. life. Okay. And it might be in that, okay. but I'm not sure. So basically the concept of mirror work by Louise Hay is, um, to just get connected with yourself and I've I've actually never read her books I've just heard this concept repeated again and again in people who um are more in touch with themselves their intuition and self-love have used this practice of um just looking at yourself in a mirror and I don't know if she suggests doing it as naked as you feel comfortable is that Mm. in her book because this is also I mean, I've heard it on Oprah and different this practice, but basically it's a practice of looking into your own eyes and saying to yourself, spending time with yourself, I see you, I love you, I'm connected to you. Um, and at the first, like, notice, are you uncomfortable? Are you, because I think that's, 
I mean, we need to get there first before we think that the goals we're setting are intuitive. If we, if we aren't loving ourselves, our goals are probably not really what our highest self wants. Mm-hmm. And so I did this practice probably like two weeks ago. I've never really done like the mirror work thing. And um, it was the weirdest experience when you look at yourself in the mirror for a long time, especially in your own eyes. Like not just like your, we look at our face and our body in mirrors, right? But like looking into my own eyes, I almost felt like, it was like a disconnected, like this is another person, but at the same time, like, because I felt like I'm seeing you, hmm. self, <laughs> hmm. and I love you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Which, it, if it does feel uncomfortable at first, and you're like, what am I doing? But I think just taking that time to notice yourself and give yourself some love, or giving other people love all the time. Oh, but yes. if we aren't giving ourselves love, how are we going to give? We were just talking about this concept earlier. The more full you are the more you can give. And I think that's the root of it, is that mm-hmm. love for self. And the better you can receive. I feel like when we are fulfilled, right. we can actually receive better and give better. Totally. And it's just this flow. Totally. And that exercise in the mirror, I've done it with my body before. I mean, I've heard it dozens of times, but I think Susan Stiefelman's book was the most recent mm-hmm. book I've read. Mm-hmm. And you just, you're literally looking at yourself in the mirror naked and you observe your thoughts. And oftentimes people realize that they are very mean. They say very mean things. Mm-hmm. And as you observe that, then you, you, intentionally like you notice it like oh wow i'm saying really mean things and then you choose to say kind things instead Mm -hmm. and see what happens and that's a really powerful exercise i've done that but i don't know if i've ever just stared at myself in the eyes do the eyes thing i may have to try that that sounds really really beautiful and we can just tap into that flow guys we can give love to ourselves and others we can receive love and connect in to me it's a relationship when we connect in with god and our own intuition and that voice inside of us the more we follow that voice and see what happens in our lives, and for me, it's frankly, I'm blown away mm-hmm. every time, then that relationship gets stronger and you learn to trust it. Totally. And just like any relationship, the more experience you have with it, the higher your trust level is. Mm-hmm. And it's just a really, really beautiful thing. And we're just connecting into that flow. It does mm-hmm. sound so woo-woo, but it yeah. is mm-hmm. this yeah. beautiful flow mm-hmm. of life that we're all connected with. And that we're, we literally are connected to each other. And I feel like as we each like tap into what our higher self is and do whatever we can to make this world a better place, everything just comes together Mm -hmm. so much better. Totally. All right, let's find the magic. Hey everyone, this is Tara Lynn, and I would just like to give a personal thank you to everybody who has left us a review. They are so kind. I seriously get like teared up when I read them. Um, One of my most current favorites is from a mom. She says that our podcast came out about when her first baby was born, and she'd listen to our episodes on every walk that she'd go on, and she felt like she had like her best friends walking with her. So I just want to let you guys know that um, we've had a lot of people say that we feel like they feel like we are their friends. And I want you guys to know that we think about you guys all the time as our listeners. And we, I totally feel like you're our friends as well. So I just want to thank you for leaving us a review and let you know it is so helpful for us and our podcast success when you do leave us a kind review. So Thank you. Um, if you are willing to leave us one, you just go to search Find the Magic on Apple Podcasts 
and then you scroll to the bottom of the page and leave a review and then you make sure you push send after you leave the review and give us a rating thank you so so much and hope you have a beautiful day <coughs> me, 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 me. <laughs> <laughs> brown cows <laughs>